Hello, and welcome to Art Matters at Home, a new arts and culture podcast from Philips. I'm your host, Arnold Lehman. After a half century in the art world, mostly as a museum director in Baltimore and Brooklyn, and five years at Philips as senior advisor, which means someone who is old, knows a lot of people, and isn't shy about voicing opinions, hosting an interview series like this seems like a perfect fit for me. So for each episode, like today's, I'll be at my desk having a socially distanced, at-home conversation with friends from around the world, artists, dealers, museum directors and curators, collectors and critics, to learn from them how and what they are doing and what is on their minds today and for tomorrow. So, let's get started with our conversation with my friend, the great artist, Ai Weiwei. How are you, first of all? Very well. I I stay in Cambridge, uh, and uh, I'm uh, working in editing films. We have uh, three and films in processing so and all reaches the post-production the are are they are they full-length films short films no they're all full-length theater and documentary you know it's all one to two hours i think but they're film and not video no, real film. It's a real theatrical film. Oh, terrific. So I remember going back a long, long time ago. I so remember your films on Beijing, your videos on Beijing. How many were there? Four or five? Four. 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 I remember them so well. That was almost one of my first introductions uh, to your work then. But that, that's like... <laughs> years ago, isn't it? Yeah, that that has been that's two thousand three or four. I started, and uh, oh. yeah, time passed so fast. So, oh my goodness gracious! The uh, but you look great. Oh, well, look fantastic. Well, that's because you're not wearing your glasses. <laughs> no, you do. Uh, yes, well, the good news is that we're fine. I'm I'm in. Um, uh, lockdown by my sons. So yes, yes, it reminds me. Um, I was being put in detention, almost exactly same style, except uh, two military soldiers in the same room. Oh. Um, but otherwise, it's the same. You know, it's isolation from uh, outside of of the world. But now the best, in, we have internet. It's just like the next door. Makes makes a lot of difference, and I remember how you commemorated those days in isolation, which was almost as frightening for a viewer to see as I'm sure it was, you know, for you. Um, and there were soldiers there, not children, looking after you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Big difference to the military soldiers. Uh, The only difference, I think the big difference is you don't know how long that will last. They keep telling me it's about 13 years. And uh, that is a bit long to 
even even psychologically to to measure it or to accept it, you know. And well, we don't know quite long how our lockdown is going to go either. I think maybe two months. Yes,、yeah. I think so. But、um, so,、uh, where where is your family? Is it in Cambridge with you? Yes, my sons and my girlfriends. They both、uh, about there. Cambridge, and uh, uh, of course, the, 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 my son has no school anymore, so I have to find some program with him. And、uh, give us plenty time of makeup、uh, to cooking. You know, cooking is a is such a joyful effort because you have basically you have to find some task to kill all those time. Well, I'm sure your your time is very full, but family time sometimes has、um, needs needs some important filler for all those hours. But I saw your son when we were when I was at、um, at the opening of your show at Listen in October.、Um, how old is he now? He is eleven. He's a, a a big boy now. Yes. I I would not be worried that much if they put me in detention again, because that time I was totally feel completely sorry. You know, I he was、uh, only. One years old, so I thought,、uh, "Gosh, for thirteen years I cannot see him." Now he's big boy. They can、yes. put me any time. I will not be so scared. Well, somehow I don't think the English, the Germans, or the Americans are going to put you in detention. If anything, it would be the reverse.、Um, but it's a question: if you go back to China. Uh, you were, I mean, you were released. You were, you were given a passport. Yes. Weren't you told to leave? No, they they never pushed me to leave. But they know、uh, since I sent my son out because I don't feel safe for my son, so they know I'm gonna go out. So that's why they kept my passport for four years. But they are they are very courteous to me. They they always say. You can always come back. Well, I, I hope that's true, and I hope certainly、uh, for your sake and family's sake that you you know, could go back and forth to China as you please. No one wants to be taken、uh, out of their home and not allowed to go back on a permanent basis. Which is true, especially my mom is eighty-seven years old. You know? Oh my goodness. I really want to go back to see her. So, but do you、uh, do you Skype with her? Do you speak to her on、I、the、do. phone? And daily, I speak with her. I mean, again, when you mention technology,、um, it's now serving such a human purpose. But you know, Weiwei, in your hands, it always, from my point of view, it always served a purpose—not just a human purpose, but a purpose of humanity. I mean, the things that I remember most. Or all that you did after the Sichuan earthquake, for instance,、um, which you know the the government, as I recall, was almost denying, and you were keeping track of what was happening、um, with all those children、um, almost every day. And I, in my thinking about this,、um, it almost is like. 
you know, our own government here not keeping track at all of what's happening in our nursing homes with the virus. Yeah, what a shame. What a shame. Uh, I really think, uh, yes, you mentioned that. That earthquake, 5,330 students disappeared. Till today, there's no clear name of who they are and how they disappeared. I mean, say the, the, the total number is higher than coronavirus did damage in China, uh, the number they, they reported. I, that's why I simply cannot believe it, you know. The, you, you either give out all the names or those numbers are just uh, fiction. I remember how you commemorated and memorialized those students in your exhibition that I will never, ever forget that we worked together on in Brooklyn with all those backpacks. Um, and I think it was, you know, I would turn a corner and start to have tears half the time during the exhibition because I knew what so much meant uh, each object, each group of objects, what they meant. And that one, considering my own children, thinking about them and what I would do if this had happened to them, how uh, one of the worst stories that, you know, as you said, they don't admit to, and there's no real knowledge as to what happened. Yeah, that was a very uh, deep struggle when you believe you can do something which uh, makes some justice. And uh, I'm so grateful Brooklyn Museum and your uh, vision give me this show. I don't think any other museums in in this uh, art capital New York would perform or provide this possibility. I'm still very deeply grateful for what uh, you did. Well, you know, the issue is that I couldn't imagine not doing the exhibition, having known your work and then getting to know you um, in China. I'm sorry we didn't we didn't meet in the hopping 80s and 90s when you were in New York. <laughs> I mean, that would have been that would have been really fun. Um, but um, you were too busy taking photographs and rushing all over, <laughs> rushing all over New York City. The Lower East Side, precisely. The Lower East Side. Um, New York City. Where on the Lower East Side? I know. If I remember, you lived at the like 1982 or 83 for about 10 I, years. Yeah, from 1983, yeah, to 1993. 10 years in New York. I lived in... Um, Avenue A and the third, which is the, the most dark and uh, right. and uh, crazy area. Alphabet, then, Alphabet City, they now yes, call it. Yes, yes. It was then Drug City. Um, yes, Drugs, homeless, AIDS, you know, it's wow. also another very uh, horrible disease which has scared everybody, 83. Yeah. And, uh, you know, nobody, everybody's in panic, you know, everybody, nobody knows what to do. Um, that whole AIDS epidemic 
um, you know, could have been resolved in a much more positive way had they found a vaccine. I'm very positive and optimistic that in a year or two years, whatever it is, there will be a vaccine and people will be able to resume whatever becomes the normal then. Um, Hopefully so. This is very wishful thinking, I think. Well, you know, it's really not depend on us. Uh, you know, human behaving and our society really uh, has been quite wild. And uh, and uh, even the fine vaccine and something else can happen. So it's really, really, you know, it, it's not up to us. Right. That's that's certainly certainly true, but let me ask you. Let me go back to the films you're doing now. What are they? What's what's the content? What is the direction of the films? There are three films, three or four films actually. We have started shooting actually five films. Well, first finished is a film about the Rohingyas, the refugee from Myanmar uh, now stays in Bangladesh. The huge. Uh, refugee camp, almost a million of uh, residents there. And uh, those a crisis people, that has almost been forgotten. It's almost forgotten. And uh, except uh, these two days, this boat uh, uh, flipped and uh, another a few thousand people disappeared in the ocean. And uh, yet, you know, situation like this, people are living in this kind of isolation, not only in, in Myanmar, in, in Greece, in, in many, many places, in the refugee camps, there's over, you know, maybe uh, 70 or 100 million people. And uh, people, as long as the region know, it doesn't affect us, it will be forgotten. Uh, and... Uh, but now the situation really make everybody understand what's it like to be isolated. But of course we are isolated, but we are not so isolated. We still have enough nutrition, we have electricity, we have a toilet. You know, we, we may worry about toilet paper, but we do have toilet and the water. So we have a three meals a day and a comfortable bed. So those refugees, the children growing up in there and the, the average refugees will spend 25 years to remain, remain as a refugee. So you can see it's not, um, not normal uh, for people, for a big part of a, a human society always being put in this kind of uh, difficult situation. And another film we are making is about Hong Kong uh, uprising. You know, the, those youngsters uh, who fight for almost six months uh, in six, seven months. Uh, still, uh, they are, are still haven't been completely um, um, disappeared because they, they demand uh, those things are never being answered by the government. So then before that and the coronavirus started. So we started another film about uh, the current situation. And uh, we do filming on on internet and, uh, you know, on to talk to people, interview people and uh, asking what, how do they feel, how, you know, how they have been treated. You know, all those uh, very common issues. But 
sale, but give me a chance to to look at things more in details and uh, to think it over and over and to you know to get involved, to be involved. The all the uh, my my willing or my desires to to achieve this involvement, this human involvement, to put myself and uh, to share same kind of feeling or information and to to look through uh, clearly and to 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 think about our human condition. So oh, those films keep me busy. When will we get to see them? When will the public get to see them? Probably you all. all have a chance to see it uh, um, before end of the year. I will make sure you're the first one to see it. Oh, that would that would be great. The uh, um, another another of your films, or maybe it's a video. Then I remember very well um, that that speaks so much to this issue of isolation and not having a home. Was your video about? Oh my goodness! I can't remember uh, about uh, about finding a home or trying to go home. Okay. Yes, we have several videos. Could be. It was a, a, a beautiful life. Okay. Yes. <laughs> this was, you even remember those? I have I made it all together in past years about thirty forty films. Yes. It's, you know, some are very short. Some are very experimental. Quite rough. Some are quite a professionally done. So I, I enjoy that. Oh, this was a marvelous film uh, video. That um, you know, I mean, I did this so much because before I came and visited you in Beijing, I wanted to know. I didn't want. I didn't want you to think that I was, you know, just there to convince you to do an exhibition. So um, um, I sort of locked myself away uh, in my office, and my staff would help me find all these videos, and I went through them, and um, and it was it was a real education for me. <laughs> and there you were um, in China. Uh, we were separated by half a world, and I thought. You know, I've, I saw exhibitions. I saw the exhibition at the Tate. I, you know, but I thought I can't go visit this man and not be completely not know all the great things that he has done over these many decades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but well, um, well, in that sense, you're. I think you act very brave, and not so many people make this kind of effort anymore. And but you, you really care about personal uh, connection and touch, and really build up these real emotions. So I, 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 I feel quite lucky to to get to know you and to get the possibility to show in your institution. Do you know what I remember so well, Wei Wei? Um, um, the exhibition was called uh, "I Wei Wei According to What," and one of the major works in the exhibition was the assemblage of many, many, many tons of rebar. So we had prepared for forty-five tons of rebar, and you really wanted to add fifty percent more. So we went from forty tons 
to about 60 tons, 70 tons of rebar. Uh, And our engineers went crazy. Uh, And they said, well, we don't know if the floor will sustain 70 tons of rebar. So I said, well, you better quickly do these measurements because if, if Weiwei wants 70 tons of rebar, I want 70 tons of rebar. And they looked at me as, I had, as though I had lost my mind. But they came back and they said, as long as it's spread over all of this space, yeah. we're fine. But it was, um, you know, you have to have faith. You have to have faith. Um, because an artist always shows us the way. Um, so I was so overjoyed, um, especially when <laughs> we had 70 tons of rebar and the floor didn't collapse on the floors below it. So um, I was reading something about you with and saw something I've never seen before, that when you lived in New York, you were a great blackjack player. Is that true? Which is true. For years, I have nothing to do. And uh, so I think I have to make some money in Atlantic City. So <laughs> so I keep start playing very, not very, not very small, I should say, but very cautiously. And uh, so that made me come play uh, for quite uh, about two period of uh, two Two years of time, and uh, I there's always huge uh, uh, lemon pocket uh, in front of my basement door. I would uh, come up, and they would drive me to the city, uh, Atlantic City. I played in you know Trump's uh, uh, casino, <laughs> uh, Taj Mahal, and uh, all those uh, casinos, and uh, yeah. Hey, well, uh, I'm. I said blackjack, and I thought to myself, I think it must be a different Ai Weiwei. The uh, so I had to ask you that question. Um, do you still remember how to play? Oh yes, I. Uh, if I get very bored, it's very easy to get very bored in in Berlin. So I go to the, you know they have this uh, uh, casino. So I play uh, R, uh, but uh, very regularly, and just to get out of my daily office uh, artistic uh, concerns, you know, to to concentrate on numbers and games. So uh, this is a whole different face of Ai Weiwei uh, <laughs> for me and for the public. The um, the way you do, you really have to have patience for that. And you have to have a very good memory as to what other people's <laughs> cards are. And uh, yeah, so. I'm too old for that. So now I play Liberty Chess with my son. And uh, really, you know, at his mercy, sometimes he, he allowed me to play with him. Wow. Let me ask you a really crazy question. Really crazy. Mm-hmm. When you think back over... You know, all these years, almost three decades of active production. And you said, I think, very eloquently about looking at humanity, being concerned with humanity 
uh, being engaged on a personal basis, you know, not to go, not to just think of the here and now, but for instance, looking at all those people suffering all over the world, um, what project, if you can do this, I know it's really difficult, what project first comes to your mind of all that you've done in these many years that have been so important um, artistically, socially, politically? Um, is there any one project you can think of? You know, I, I have a tendency to forget all of them. <laughs> and I know, you know, it's... Uh, it, Sometimes it's hard to to really get rid of it because it's hunting back. Like how to find the truth, you know, how to relate uh, your artistic performance into really society's uh, effort and the call for the higher, demanding for the beauty and uh, and the justice. You know, this kind of thing. It's very hard. Normally, art thinker. Um, has nothing to do with reality. You know, they are in very abstract uh, uh, argument and uh, aesthetic argument. But uh, I would think I would only be uh, feel joy if someone, a child or a, a person who never learned the so-called art can stop in front of the work and uh, for not just uh, a few minutes to think that's relevant. I think that that gave me the most joy. It's not uh, how big the work or how difficult the work or how complicated you can give this kind of argument, but still to connect yourself to some unknown person. It could be um, from South America or or Middle East, or you know, or Africa, but can be connected and associated with certain feelings and emotions. I think that's an achievement for me. So certain works uh, plays more uh, in that way, like uh, earthquake-related work. And because we all have a common sense about disasters, we all have children, we know if they don't come back, what that means to our life, you know. And uh, and also we know if our government, government doesn't tell us the tr- truth, what it really poisons everybody's life because uh, it challenges our intelligence, you know, it's supposed to serve. But but corrupted and not telling the truth, which make society lost their trust on each other. So that is big disaster. But of course, I love those people who are nameless and make a little drawings on, on little sculpture like sunflower seeds for years. Those women just at home just paint each of them, uh, pick, paint hundred million of them, yes. just, just like a daily uh, Buddhist uh, uh, practice. So those things are a unique experience. Well, thank you. 
this has been a just wonderful experience for me. And it's a great honor and a pleasure just seeing you on the screen. And I hope you and your family stay well and look forward to several months from now when we will be able to not just have a touch screen, but to be able to touch one another virtually. <laughs> well, it's, it's but so, in person, but in yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's, it's so happy to, to, to chat with you, my old friend, and to see you so healthy. And with this great spirit, you never change. It's, you're always you. And, uh, you know, that is uh, make me feel so happy. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Stay well. Um, keep playing chess with your son. So <laughs> thank you. Take care. Thank you so much. Thank you. So bye nice bye. To you. Bye bye. Bye bye. That was my great friend, artist Ai Weiwei. I hope you will join me for my next episode of Art Matters at Home when Philip's CEO, Ed Dolman, will join us. Mm-hmm.